January 17th. I hope everyone's staying warm because if you're based out of the U.S., you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's been crazy lately. Uh, let's see. Red is here. Nice, nice, nice. Going to be a fun Twitter space today between uh, a lot of the Andromeda stats we have to share, the Coogee Pool going live soon. It's, it's, uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful couple of weeks since um, post-Christmas. Hey, Red, how we doing? What's going on? It's a beautiful day where I'm at. Uh, I'm not, is it snowing where you're at? I, I mean, it's like, let me check the weather really quick. It's, it's, been, it's been a cold couple of days. Hey, you guys been in the negatives for like a few days, I'm yeah, assuming. Negative 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which, negative 10 degree Fahrenheit to celsius those poor europeans don't know what fahrenheit is that's negative 23 degrees celsius yeah that's crazy i still have green grass in my front yard right now what yeah yeah it's what? probably like 55 right now is that even that's uh, that's completely and entirely unfair i'm looking out the window yeah. just blanketed in snow and ice <laughs> i mean some people find that beautiful though you know like I can't, I can't go skiing and snowboarding here. Uh, that's true. That's true. Well, I find it, I find it visually appealing. I, I find the cold itself a little bit less desirable. But if you can contrast that with a warm fire, then it's not that bad as long as you don't have to go anywhere. Which I am currently sitting in front of a gas stove, so I quite literally have a fire on in the background. By necessity, if I if I did not. I would I would have goosebumps all day. It feels like generally right around like November, December, I just start wearing jackets around my house. Uh, I don't know if that's just like me being cheap and not wanting to pay to uh, warm my house up or just like a comfort thing. But, you know, about April or March, April, those get shut off. But... If if you did that, if you did no heat in Minnesota, you'd need a little bit more than a single jacket. You'd need like three layers of Under Armour and a sweatshirt. And yeah, actually, it's probably earlier because last February I was mowing my lawn in a tank top. So it's probably earlier than that. In February, you were yeah. able to do that? Oh, yeah, dude, it's wild. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, man. I'm going to text you after this call. I, I don't know what state you live in. I thought... I thought you lived in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, it's it's wild. Uh, but but anyways, I'm sure people don't want to hear about my <clears throat> my my front yard mowing. Uh, no, we do though. This is good. This is what good hosts do. Other way for things to fill up, you know. We can't we can't dive straight into. Oh, look at the liquidity, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 let me tell let me tell you about the chores I've been doing around my house lately while we're waiting. Um. Yeah, it's been. God, it feels like it's been a few weeks since we've uh, we've done one of these. Holidays always make things uh, a little bit weird at the end of the year, um, and this is it's kind of a fun moment for me. I'm I'm literally at my one year mark, uh, being fully focused on crypto and DeFi. So this is like a really cool time of year for me. I always love the the winter, but there's an extra little heartwarming moment in there for me. This is just like, you know, one year fully heads down into crypto and couldn't be happier about uh reaching this milestone and i mean oh. hell the things move so quickly in a year just trying to imagine like we've already got such big plans and expectations for shade in 2024 so to imagine like what this moment's going to be look like in, 
what this moment's going to look like in another year, it's yeah, it's going to be wild. I, I saw some tweet from a Web three person that went out to dinner with one of their Web two friends. It was like at some software company that this Web three person had previously worked at, and they had kind of a similar story. They've just been full time in Web three for like a year. And that Web2 person was like, yeah, that project we were trying to get, you know, that proposal we were trying to get past, that project we were still building. Yeah, it's literally in the same exact place. We're, we're still working on it full time, 40 hours a week. But that proposal has been in the same place as where it was a year ago. Um, and it's kind of just goes to show like the, the pace that crypto and Web3 holds is like actually quite absurd. It really is a, a wicked fast pace to the point where shade protocol one year ago versus shade protocol today versus shade protocol one year from now you know the the values and the ethos remains the same but the progress should almost be unrecognizable like that that is the the goal yep so i think let's see we're like seven minutes and i think we can go ahead and kick this space off just a heads up twitter spaces have been if uh if people can hear us right now awesome if you can hear us, please give us a thumbs up. That way we know at least there's like one person in the chat who can hear us because I know I'm I'm like 95% sure Twitter Spaces just had some sort of update. Oh boy. That is like making it so if you're not a speaker, you can't hear them. Like I was doing this uh, earlier. Big Ninja, can you hear us? Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up, you yep. can hear us? I saw someone else react too. I think we're I think we're okay. in the Okay, cool. So at least uh, it makes me feel a little better knowing there's at least <laughs> one or two people that can hear us. But apologies for anyone who can't hear us. One right. heartwarming if they sat here for an hour and couldn't hear us like that. Yeah. Level of dedication. Just waiting on the alpha to be dropped. It's like I know it's coming at some point. Any, they, they any second now. Any second now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I appreciate everyone being here today. Um, hopefully, you all can hear us. If not, this is recorded space, so um, you'll be able to go back and listen to it. Um, the recording sounds just fine. Um, it's just for some listeners, uh, it's not, it just doesn't work. Uh, so if that, if that's you right now and you can't hear us, apologies. Um, but I think since we last talked with everyone, we were prepping for the ANDR pool launch that was back on December 28th. I, I think that is actually the, yeah, cause it's been just over two weeks. Um, and there has been a whole hell of a lot of activity happening since then. So uh, we're going to be talking about all things happening in the Shade ecosystem over the past few weeks uh, this afternoon. And I think the easiest one to kick it off with is actually the ANDR listing. And before we actually get into this conversation, uh, I want to hear what your like first thoughts are, Carter. If you have a few words to describe the ANDR launch, how, how would you describe it? I would say we saw a massive influx of usage. And we've seen a lot of those people join the Shade community and actually stick around and continue to use Shade Swap and Shade Protocol. So just an awesome opportunity to interact with the community that's so excited about Andromeda and what they're building to the point that they're willing to try a brand new product, even, even with flaws, right? That first eight hours is really rough and we've, we've fixed the infrastructure since then, but just, just delighted by the, the interest in their community as a whole. Yeah, for anyone who wasn't around um, or, or paying attention to the Shade app on the day of the Andromeda listing, the the amount of people on site was so overwhelming that the, the app briefly went down. Um, I think in less than eight hours, we had it back to, back in running at full steam. Um, and since then, we you know we haven't seen any of those same issues. Um, we ended up having to do a lot of beefing up of both on our uh, back end and front end node clusters uh keeping them separate and um yeah since then we've been uh in collaboration with some some other infrastructure teams in uh secret network we've been uh running super smoothly haven't seen a lot of those um those same issues um and interestingly enough this is just like a recent uh stat that I thought was pretty cool Andromeda posted this from their Twitter recently that that first day of listing uh, for ANDR was um, the all time high for their volume up until uh, this this week on Monday. Uh, it, pre it broke its previous all time high for volume by about twenty percent, um, capping out at around like five hundred and twenty five k in volume. 
in 24 hour period, um, which is really, really cool. That's incredible. That's actually insane in terms of the level of u- utilization that the pool is seeing. And I think it's super cool too, because it, it's proving out kind of this protocols teaming up to make a liquidity pool without chucking. I mean, in this case, there are some incentives for, for the pool, but the vast majority of the liquidity is coming from the Andromeda community teaming up with the shade community and those protocols making a market together, which allowed people to come in and actually buy the token in size. And people are doing that. It's been it's been great to see. Yeah, during during that time period, um, it didn't all happen at once. But uh, you know, Shade collaborated with the Andromeda team to build sustainable uh, liquidity together to be able to increase the depth of trading for its users and the availability of ANDR. And so, um, uh, we we've done that twice now. Um, and able to build a market that's, I think right now it's fluctuating around 750K TVL. Um, but to be able to see, you know, the level of collaboration between Andromeda and Shade Protocol and see the that corresponding um, volume that that uh, people being really enticed in the opportunity is, is really encouraging, both for us and Andromeda. I, I know Andromeda is super excited about the, you know, the activity that they've seen thus far and if you've talked to any of those gents, uh, ladies or gents, um, about what they've got cooking, you you know this is just the beginning. Um, yeah, it, it's and like Carter said, we did also put up incentives for A and DR users. Currently, there's no staking yield uh, for native A and DR, and so we thought this was a really good opportunity to be able to provide earning and uh, like earning opportunities for A and DR holders, people who want to speculate on A and DR. Um, while also being able to increase the amount of uh, liquidity that we're growing as well. Um, I don't know if you have it, Carter. Do you have any uh, thoughts on just like that growth that we've seen, the, the amount of volume that we've seen? Um, I've got some other things uh, to share relating to the Andromeda launch, but just curious about like any thoughts you might have on like what we've seen over the past uh, few weeks in relation to this listing. Yeah, I, mean, I think the biggest thing is the the user count. You know, we, I think in November, we're at like 4.4K active users. And this month, we're looking at like 8.9K active users. So that's a 2X in user count on the Shade Protocol platform. And I think the vast majority of that came from the Andromeda launch. There's been other other things with, with pools that are launching that I think are drawing eyes. And I, I do think we're starting to reach a tipping point where teams are starting to approach us because they saw what happened with the Andromeda listing. They're seeing all the activity um, and they want to be part of it. And that's, that's, that is so awesome because we, as a protocol, we just want to open up the doors to ultimately connecting community members and trading pairs in a really cohesive and easy to use fashion. So biggest thing I'm excited about is the user count literally 2xing. Um, and I'll let you talk more about the volume stats because I know I know you're more of the kind of detail oriented on that front. Yeah, I'm, and I just want to reiterate. Obviously, Andromeda has really big plans. They've already listed. They initially listed on ShadeSwap. They're listed on AstroVault. They've got a Gov pop up on Kujira right now to get an ANDR market uh, spun up on Fin. They recently announced a few different collaborations with various uh, Layer One ecosystems in the Cosmos. Like these guys are moving really fast. Um, but one of the things that isn't lost on me or any of the other contributors or or really even anyone in the the secret network ecosystem, um, <clears throat> and you know when I'm speaking about myself, I'm I'm kind of speaking about this from the perspective of a, a contributor to Shade Protocol, is that Andromeda wanted to prioritize listing on a DEX first off, and then they also uh, wanted to prioritize um, the the privacy preservation for their users um you know for that first listing and i think that speaks a lot of volume or speaks volumes about the the ethos behind the andromeda protocol the amount of forethought they put into this um and you know wanting to be able to uh support a growing project like themselves you know they obviously there are lots of choices for where you can have uh, initial dex listings and so it's very very cool um to be able to do this with Andromeda and, you know, our relationship since then has continued to grow and, um, and be positively fostered. And, um, yeah, I, you know, one of the other things that was really cool during this time, during that same time period, um, we, we saw volume for shade on shade swap grow 
approximately 700% month over month, um, where this past month of volume for shade makes up about 80% of the three-month shade volume, which is it, kind of incredible, um, right? Like, obviously, we're seeing a changing of markets. You know, we saw the um, Bitcoin ETF uh, being approved in that same time period. We've got a lot of churn in the markets right now. Um, that's causing volatility and volatility generally brings volume but seeing you know this increase in shade volume um, kind of in tandem with this uh, listing of andromedas uh, it just gets like the gears turning in my head about like how positive like true collaborations between protocols can be um, there's a whole lot of expenses uh, tied to trying to make markets especially be competitive in new markets and being able to collaborate the other protocols to be able to build liquidity um, and build utility for users um, helps us kind of sidestep a lot of the the costs associated with that, the maintenance associated with that. Um, and so I'm really excited to to be able to not only learn from uh, you know our collaboration with Andromeda, but see it continue to grow. And like considering we're kind of you know I'm sure you've seen the memes of the graphs where it's like we're here and it's a, a chart that's pointing. Uh, you know, straight up and we're at the bottom. It's like, we are still really early in this collaboration. We're still really early in the markets turning. And so um, I've got really high expectations for the collaboration we've got uh, between uh, Shade Protocol and Andromeda. Yeah, and I think also the concept of liquidity matching, I think is going to start to be copied because there's like all these emissions being spent to incentivize some external party to bring token A and token B. And that external actor isn't necessarily long-term aligned with the protocol, right? Like they could just step in, farm the pool, oh, APRs went down, now I'm gonna exit the pool, right? Um, which is cool, right? Like that's, that's mercenary capital. And some mercenary capital is a lot more loyal than others if they're like very excited about the underlying platform and the underlying governance token, right? So I don't, I don't wanna completely discount liquidity providers as some negative thing. They're, they're absolutely the lifeblood of crypto and decentralized finance. But when two protocols team up to create an LP token, they have the longest possible time horizon, right? Like they, it's like a multi-year timeline. Um, so like all of these liquidity matching deals, it's it's like two nation states opening up like a trade route, some, 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 something to that effect. Um, and, I, and I think you're going to see Shade Protocol continue to close deal after deal after deal tied to this liquidity matching where neither protocol has to emit at the pool. And, you, and actually, you can. We've chosen to, like, like for the Shade NDR pool, there's so much volume that we realize, actually, like, yes, let's add incentives because even more liquidity is justified because of the volume. Um, but I think, like, the initial bootstrapping of, like, two nation states slash protocols teaming up to create a market is so powerful in terms of discovery. Neither protocol has to worry about, oh, like I need to manage every 90 days. I need to more, I need to add more emotion, emissions. How many emissions should I have? It's like, no, 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 don't, don't worry about that kind of like cyclical stress and strain. Instead, like team up with another protocol, make a market. And then if there's the data to prove that we need more liquidity to support higher volume, higher throughput, then like either protocol can do that on their own. But I think that's like such a, better and safer bootstrap compared to like day one there's no liquidity in the pool i'm gonna chuck money until enough people bring money to the pool right like why not work with another protocol to do that yep i i couldn't agree with you more there and, and kind of on the, the topic of bringing in you know new waves of users traders uh new waves of sustainable liquidity being built, we've got a few new liquidity pools that are actually going to be spinning up in the very near future as a result of um, Shade Protocol's collaboration with other layer one ecosystems uh, in the cosmos. The first of which is going to be the Shade Kuji pool that should be launching, dare I say it, later today <laughs> uh, on ShadeSwap. Uh, we're, we're just in the uh, process of finalizing all the prep. Uh, we we should be good to go on that front. Um, this would be the the kind of the second installment of collaboration between Kujir ecosystem and and Shade Protocol in regards to building sustainable liquidity uh, for our respective assets on our platforms. The the first one was with Mantidao back in August, if I remember correctly. 
We built approximately 180K in TVL and ShadeSwap, slightly less than that on MantisSwap, uh, well, like on Bow, but um, tradable on MantisSwap. And this particular collaboration with Kujira, um, as per KujiProp 537, if anyone wants to look at like the details of the prop, um, it's meant to build 200K TVL on both ShadeSwap and Bow uh, and Finn for the Shade Kuji pair. Um, shade swap pools will be launching before uh, the corresponding pools on Bow and Finn, um, but Shade Kuji pair should be available to trade uh, as early as this afternoon, um, or I guess this evening UTC. Um, I know everyone's not on the same time zone, but um, so yeah, that that's like a really cool uh, addition to the collaboration we've been doing with. Um, Kujira and <clears throat> before I before I go any further, Carter, I, I want just stop and let you uh, if you have any thoughts or like um, statements you wanted to make about the the Kuji POL uh, collaboration there. Well, I think it's just so exciting to see more of this like leverage IBC to create an interoperable economy between all these different demand centers, and um, I think these types of deals allow like this really beautiful cross-pollination between the different relayers, the different communities, and it's ultimately like pulling us closer together, this type of liquidity um, alignment. And it's, it's been something I've been thinking a lot about lately is, you know, Cosmos is built on sovereignty, right? And that creates a lot of friction in the form of like fractured liquidity and fractured community um, and like fractured incentives. But that's why IBC is so beautiful is because two sovereign communities can make the choice to like tighten the relationship and have a more intimate relationship in the form of teaming up on liquidity and, and like teaming up on those IBC connections. So I, I just view this as like one step further in the trade relationship with Kajira and their community and the mind share and because I'm incredibly excited about their future, it's like it's just such a huge positive to be in, you know, loosely in proximity to to that energy in that community. So, um, pumped to to build out that liquidity and excited for Seeker Network users and broader IBC users to be able to privately interact with you know acquiring Kajira. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with all the different places that Kuji is listed, but I would imagine this is this would be the largest market for Kuji outside of Kujira in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, which is, you know, kind of another testament to like how close that collaboration between Kujira and Shade Protocol is. Um and there's also like there's other really interesting benefits to this collaboration that might not be as apparent to to some users like the ability to have multiple markets for shade um should really help accelerate the timeline for being able to get shade added to other products in the kajira ecosystem like ghost um, we're already working with um some of the kajira developers to get shade swap pools added as price feeds uh for some of the other kajira products but also having that native liquidity built on um built on kajira should help that should again help accelerate that timeline to being able to integrate some of the secret network assets, shade specific assets into the Kujira products. And, and obviously there's going to be that reciprocation on our side once we have those corresponding products. Um, so that's another cool little uh, benefit from this that people might not be thinking of. Obviously the liquidity is the, the star of the show here for that, uh, for this collaboration, but there's also a whole bunch of other nuance to the, um, to this collaboration that we're really excited for people to slowly start to to realize. And then uh, this is super, I mean, it, it, it's related. Um, and Carter, I'll let you tell me when to stop. Uh, but we're also going to be moving forward with another uh, layer one collaboration in the Cosmos Um the one talking about right now is uh, we're going to be collaborating with Stride to build similar sort of sustainable liquidity uh, for Shade and Stride as a result of Prop 225 passing on Stride, which was 
for some reason it's not displaying on Menscan right now. So it was actually a double prop. So there was yeah. The first prop was just a signaling proposal, and then the second prop was technically also a signaling proposal, but it specified a specific amount. And there was a software upgrade that Stride had to do in order to do the asset transfer from the tokenomics pool to the Stride Foundation multi-sig to then be able to coordinate with us on getting the Stride Shade liquidity started. And the goal would be next week to get that Shade Stride pool spun up. And that's that's going to be a pretty, pretty big, pretty big pool. And Stride liquidity honestly hasn't been super great. Like it exists on osmosis, but it, we're definitely going to be I would say the second or third best venue for for acquiring um, Stride. Yeah, this this is another speaking personal here. This is another collaboration I'm really excited about. Um, Think about Stride being able to uh, collaborate with both Stride and Kujira, as they're both kind of leaders in their own right within the DeFi sector of the Cosmos ecosystem. Stride is kind of remained this front runner for LSDs in the Cosmos, and Kujira has remained. Um, kind of a leader in and building out like fully mature DeFi suites. Most of the applications in the Cosmos focus on or ecosystems focus on one particular thing, but there's a few niches of the DeFi sector. Cosmos, Shade Protocol, and Kujira are probably the the greatest examples of this, where you have a fully fledged ecosystem that's being built out, where you're not focusing on a single product. Um, you're focusing on providing a a rounded uh, sort of DeFi service to users where they're not needing to go use all these different chains, different products, and uh, you know, blah blah blah. Um, so it's really cool to be able to collaborate with two of these ecosystem leaders and being able to, um, you know, being able to stand next to these, uh, just call them giants for for lack of a better term right now. Um, being able to stand next to these uh, projects, really pushing the envelope in the cosmos and and do something collaborative to benefit both of our ecosystems is um, a really cool moment in Shade Protocol's history. And and this isn't going to be the only one. I, uh, I was going to say, we, we have a few others that are coming down the pipeline. I mean, uh, I don't know if I want, if we want to give, give a much. number. We'll just say we're in, we're in talks with five plus other projects for similar deals. Is that roughly right? Yep. The earliest of which could uh could hit like the app next week so uh some of these are moving a lot quicker than others some are more contingent on some like technical details um but um we've seen really great success with working with these teams building liquidity um and yeah for the teams that want to move quick we're happy to we're happy to move quick with them um so yeah, I mean, like, so now that we kind of mentioned like these different teams that we're working with, we kind of talked about the goal of building this uh, liquidity, how this translates to a positive user experience for traders. Um, you know, I'm just curious as we uh, going to shift the the topic here in just a minute, but I'm curious if you have any thoughts on just like the state of collaboration right now in the pro- in the cosmos to build liquidity. Um, you know, there are still a lot of DEXs that, I mean, Shade included, that resort to, uh, you know, providing LP rewards and incentives uh, for users to help build liquidity. But Shade and the likes of Mantidao are um, also taking a taking a different approach to build this liquidity. And I'm curious about, like, how you think the likes of Shade and Mantidao uh, are are positioned in the cosmos from like a sustainability perspective, and how you how you think you know that that building of liquidity, the making of markets, uh, will shift um, this upcoming year. Obviously, it's a lot of hypotheticals. I'm just curious. Like we've seen success in doing this, you know that success has to be able to scale for you know bigger and bigger projects to try and do the same thing. I'm curious if you think we're going to see any similarities to to other deals like this uh, being done in the cosmos. It's it's a very it's a very competitive space, and people are always taking notes on what other people are doing. Um, uh, but I think in the the smaller protocols that are kind of inventing this new approach to liquidity are going to be much more agile, right? Like if you're a, if you're a multi-billion dollar ecosystem coordinating, you know, 
billions of dollars around a couple hundred thousand dollar liquidity deal. It's actually incredibly complicated, right? But for things like Shade, like we're, we're in, in Manta, we're extremely agile because we're, we're in that smaller stage. We're able to move a lot quicker. So I think, I think speed is the primary advantage at, at this stage. I, I do think there's probably going to be larger deals that get mimicked like this by the likes of Osmosis one day. I don't know how long. I mean, I think even there was a Astroport X Osmosis liquidity deal that recently happened. So I think it's like we're starting to see the kind of giants of Cosmos realizing like, wait a minute, this is like kind of an interesting model. Um, so, I, but I think as a whole, like it's, it's net benefit to Cosmos collectively. Like I, I, I kind of talked about like EVM is where the users and the liquidity is. So Cosmos getting overly focused on kind of our inter IBC competition, I think isn't necessarily like optimal game theory. I think, I think if everyone like really teams up aggressively, um, all, all of us collectively benefit from all this trade that's happening between these different liquidity sources. Um, and the goal should ultimately be to win over those EVM users and provide a better service than these Ethereum products can or these Arbitrum products can or these Solana products can, right? Um, because if we can't offer a better product and we can't offer better liquidity, then Cosmos DeFi will you know, slowly fade into irrelevance. So it's TLDR. Cosmos has a bunch of growth ahead of us. I think these new liquidity deals should be embraced by all the different DeFi hubs here. And ultimately, in the name of collaboration, economic activity, intercosmos is extremely important because the real competition is not within Cosmos. It's, it's outside of Cosmos. Yeah, and as you're saying this, it, it kind of made me think, like, we actually have seen some level of collaboration similar to the collaboration between Kujira shade stride shade with you know like uh was it the, the cosmos hub choosing to deploy capital on one of its aez um partners like at what was it adam being deployed adam st adam being deployed on astroport on neutron i, th I would say that's like somewhat similar um, where they're building liquidity, obviously it's different. Your incentives are different. The reason for alignment is slightly different. Who knows if that deal would have passed if you know Neutron wasn't, um, you know, an I ICS chain. But uh, yeah, it just kind of got me thinking. Like there are some rumblings of this uh, from from some other groups, some bigger groups in the Cosmos. Um, you know, slightly different incentives and reasons for actually doing the deal, though. Um, yeah, so the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about today, um, just because anyone who's active in the Shade community, active on the app, they they would have noticed this. Um, you guys probably noticed the a solid uptick in the volume on Shade Swap, solid growth in TVL. Uh, I think we're just shy of ten million right now, and that has directly translated into larger and larger uh, staking reward campaigns for Shade Stakers. Uh, any Shade Stakers in here? know exactly what i'm talking about right now um and i'm such a data nerd i've got all the spreadsheets and charts to to back up my observations but uh shade staking rewards have been exponentially increasing over the past few months and and even more specifically over the past month um for anyone who hasn't been uh you know who doesn't follow shade announcements on twitter too uh closely shade just recently achieved its uh latest all-time high for staking rewards emitted in a single week this past Monday, with approximately three—I oh, about butchered this—with uh, about 30k USD being spent on buybacks um, that that were derived from protocol revenue, um, these buybacks are being directed at Shade Stakers. Um, Annualized—that's 1.6 million in revenue for the protocol uh, with current staking, uh, with current um, bonded rate. Staking API is just shy of 22%. Uh, we've got insane. Yeah, 64% of all shade is staked, which is more than a lot of like layer one tokens, uh, which, which still kind of blows my mind. Um, like, it's also good to state there that the core contributors, like the main developer group, doesn't stake any shade. So that's 64% just community, which is wild. Yeah. And, you know, I 
there's there's a, a few variables that you could attribute this to. Like maybe it's people really like single sided yield. Maybe people don't like impermanent loss. Maybe people are just really bullish on the shade token, and they you know they they want to make sure that they're not uh, you know giving up any of those gains for like another token or something. But it's been wild to see that that staking uh, rate continue to climb up and that uh, staking yield to continue to go up. Um, yeah, and just just for some context for people. Um, Actually, I'll save that for a minute. Um, before before I mention uh, some other stats, Carter, when, when you're looking at you know buyback activity, you're looking at the data um, for buybacks. What are what are some of the thoughts going through your head about like correlations between activity? Um, you know, feel feeling like really positive about some of the movements that Shade made early on with the Meta Engine um, to be able to position ourselves as more volume comes in, as more users come in to be able to really capitalize um, on that influx of users and volume. This is the flywheel. And, you know, like we we got to see Terra Luna. We got to see the flywheel that was created there. We got to see that it was unsustainable and it was ultimately based on a mechanism that could be attacked, right? But Shade's flywheel is much safer, right? This, this is just pure fees generated from activity on the app, resulting in buyback and resulting in high staking APYs, right? And so this creates like a really interesting recursive cycle similar to Terra's ecosystem, but it's, it's not on the basis of like, oh, as more stable coin supply grows, more of the gov token gets burned, right? This flywheel is as more users come to the platform, the flywheel gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It's a flywheel based off of usage as opposed to some sort of token relationship mechanism. And so when I see, oh, wow, like $30,000 in fees in one week, which is annualized out uh, to, you know, $1.5 million in fees. And meanwhile, Shape Protocol is like a $12 million protocol with 21% APY. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to go unnoticed for long. Um, you three, four, five x that weekly buyback. It's it shifts price like six cents upwards every week is what I've seen. So there there is a there is a steady floor of upward pressure. Um, and the beauty is from the team, it our obsession is not like oh like we need more silk like we have to keep pumping the stable coin supply number to sustain the flywheel. It's like no no no. We just need to continue to provide a better and better service with better and better utility, better and better UI, UX, more and more stable and safe DeFi primitives. And the meta engine will continue to churn and churn and become more and more powerful. And then the beauty is, you know, with, with Dowdow on the way, you know, we closed that uh, secret network grant with them. Um, then what you're governing is incredibly meaningful, right? There's a lot of, protocols out there that it's like okay so you have governance over like a community pool and maybe like one parameter shape protocol is going to have like 50 plus parameters that can be managed and an ever-increasing question of like how do we properly allocate these fees to maximize the security and the growth and the stability of shape protocols. I think I think governance is going to be absolutely fascinating. There's so much that can be done with it and there's something meaningful to be to be governed compared to most most ecosystems. Um, so yeah, the meta engine was very thoughtful. Um, it was very, very thoughtful, but an, an engine without fuel does not create momentum. And our, our fuel is users. Our, our fuel is excellent customer service. Our fuel is the the endless grind of continuing to build five plus things in parallel. And you know, has it has it been, you know, we we, we make mistakes, right? Things things still happen. We have Andromeda launches that don't go great. We have vaults that occasionally have have bugs that we're working to fix. Like it's it's not as if this is an infallible team. It's it's a very fallible team, but it's a fallible team with a very clear vision and a very clear strategy on how to grow this thing. Um, and that gives me a lot of confidence. Yeah, one of the you know, when you're talking about when you're talking about these things, my mind I keep going back to this phrase, like, you know, everyone says it, but like we're so early, right? 
and let's let's assume that people are right when they say we're so early, right? We're early at 30k in weekly fees, right? That 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 weekly fees is being generated off an average of uh, I think it was like one, I'll say like 1.2 mil in swap fees. It's got it's got to be more than that. Um, just thinking of the rough numbers, but anyways, um, yeah. So it was like roughly a mil, maybe a mil and a half in volume on average on shade swap has given us approximately 30k in fees. Imagine when that number goes to two mil, to three mil, to five mil in daily volume. What that does for the fees. Um, I, I shared this stat with the with the uh, team a few days ago, but um, the amount of I, I was just picking random days this past week just because it, we had so much activity. And a single day this week, Monday in particular, um, we generated more fees than the average weekly uh, fee generation for the first three months of uh, of real yield um, going to stakers. So like the level of that that sharp change in the curve, that exponential change in activity and volume and in our ability to connect to users in a meaningful way um, really is translated into uh, more attention on the token, more attention on our apps, more revenue being generated. And like Carter mentioned, this is the flywheel, um, you know, kind of being put on display here. Um, Kuji saw a really similar sort of flywheel um, effect uh, a few months ago, whenever they really, really started rocketing. Um, and and this is another just like data point uh, on the chart of like showing that, you know, building cohesive DeFi ecosystems, being able to do it in a way that doesn't incur uh, recurring costs or increasing costs um, has real network effects. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I'm a huge data nerd, so I'm going to be monitoring this stuff really quickly. Uh, or really uh, closely. Um, yeah, I, I'm personally really excited about uh, as we continue to bring on new users, get new more volume, generate more fees. This is another. This is a great opportunity for us to continue to learn and implement new um, new ideas. And in my mind, I'm particularly thinking about like how can we better prepare ourselves for a user base that isn't familiar with privacy-preserving DeFi. Um, even users who are DeFi maxis, who are power users, making that switch, there is going to be a little bit of friction. Um, and with some of these recent uh, collaborations with Layer Ones, we're seeing these you know waves of new users coming in. And with each one of those, we learn a little bit more about how we can better explain the nuances of privacy-preserving DeFi, how we can better um, improve the, the onboarding process, being able to get uh, assets on like, what are the what are the choke points in this, right? Is it relayers? Is it our explanation of uh, viewing keys? Is it our ability to uh, keep, you know, the, the newest data on the app because there's so much uh, volatility at a particular time. Um, all of these things we're learning how to better handle them. And so, you know, every week people should be coming back and the application is better. It's smoother. It's easier to use. And you're going to see more activity on there. Um, that, that is the goal. And, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you build something big, there's kind of two ways you can do it. You can go really broad and try to kind of build something that broadly appeals to everyone where it's like, all right, we have a thousand people that think what we've built is good, right? Like that's one option. You go broad. The other option is you build something. You start from a point of I'm going to really, really please and make a small subset of users really, really happy, right? And that's, that's been our starting point with privacy. We have a subset of folks that love privacy, understand kind of the friction points, and still absolutely love the product to the point where they'll tell other people, like, you got to come try this thing out, right? That is powerful. That, that has to be your fundamental building block is start by building a product that delights a very specific subset of users. And then from there, then you can start to broaden out to open the doors to more and more users because you've started with with delighting a subset of users and then starting to expand from there. So I think you know 2024 we're we're rounding out 
the, the product suite, but we're also starting to open the doors wider and wider and wider. And the way you do that is you continue to talk with users and engage with users and, and understand where our shortcomings are. Just like you said, you listed off like three or four things where we continue to realize, oh, we got to get 20% better here. We got to get 80% better there, 5% better there. Um, and if, if you continue to do that day over day over day over day over day, and let's say another two years go by from here, time is on our side because we will relentlessly pursue a better and better user experience, better and better data points and make something that delights the, the end user. So yeah, as long as you have a team that's willing to be patient and continue to iterate, it's patience is a superpower in an industry that has no patience. Yeah, I've got, so for any of my fellow data nerds in here, uh, most of what I've got to talk about for the rest of this 15 minutes is, <laughs> is uh, stats I find interesting. Uh, so I, I would like to go ahead and uh, say if, if anyone wants to request to to speak, to come up here, ask questions, feel free to request. Uh, we'll bring you up. Always love having community members join us up here, ask questions, just shoot the shit. Um, always love talking to people. Um, while people are uh, requesting and, and trying to come up here, just got some interesting stats I think would be uh, interesting to share. Just looking at aggregate volume for shade swap looking at activity um and kind of what's been going on over the past three months uh kind of like change of the new year has me wanting to look a little bit outwards it's like all right where do we start where are we at now how has that changed um you know and so i've got some data on like i've got all of our aggregate volume total volumes revenue how much we're spending in shade. One of the things that I'll just say this piece right here. Um, I know we have a lot of, a lot of people, uh, especially close contributors that, you know, when we talk about real yield, um, people often ask like, okay, so staking yield is real. Um, you know, this is coming from protocol revenue, but we still have inflation, right? We're still emitting coins into circulating supply via LP rewards. And so, you know, a lot of people, um, that, that's like one of the, uh, things we're talking, um, you know, we've mentioned is going to be a really big, uh, point for governance is like, how do we begin using this revenue that is generated by, um, the protocol to be able to start offsetting inflation or if any inflation, uh, is desired to be offset, um, you know, from the beginning or like people still want these coins, uh, in circulation um and this and that and so um carter i don't know if you have any thoughts on like the relationship between you know net revenue and net emissions um and like where we're at right now in uh the emission schedule like the the previous tokenomics we're still technically in year zero uh for emissions to lp rewards um so like we're still emitting at our highest rate effectively um, that we will in Shade Protocol's history. Shade Swap launched less than a year ago, about nine months ago, to the date almost. Yeah, I mean, I would say we're gearing up to be ahead of schedule, like to to make the to make those cuts as needed. Um, I mean, the way I think about this is liquidity is ultimately an inventory cost, right? Like there's there's a service that all of these other DeFi primitives are built on liquidity, and so you have to be able to either acquire the liquidity, team up with someone else to create the liquidity, or pay someone else to bring the liquidity, right? Um, and from our perspective, um, owning the liquidity and teaming up directly with other protocols to make markets is the most, is the cheapest way to build out liquidity as an inventory expense, right? Um, and so the goal is to drive down all these other, like liquidity expenses to mercenary capital to zero, right? Like that, that is the ideal world. And you do that by either making those collaborations bigger and bigger, or by starting to buy out that inventory uh, in a way that uh, works great. I, I, technically, the, the fourth option is you have so much trading activity that liquidity providers start chasing trading fees. They don't actually need emissions to be incentivized to, to make markets. And that's, 
that's technically that that is the ideal world combined with those big protocol liquidity deals combined with owning inventory um so i think you know 2024 we're really exploring that second option of how many big deals can we directly close with other people and then how aggressively can we drive down emissions to those kind of uh mercenary capital folks um and i think at this point we're, we're getting very close where we're, we're net positive against those emissions and expenses and one thing too is there's kind of like this implicit assumption of there of um you know let's say we met 100 shane a day people kind of assume that means all 100 shade gets sold and it's actually like not true i remember reading like with curve emissions it's like roughly 25 to 30 percent of their emissions are actually get sold on a daily basis right so there's kind of like two benchmarks in my head the first benchmark is can you pull in more fees than what you're emitting times 30 percent right like that that kind of that's like the easier benchmark and then the final biggest benchmark is can you know can you achieve pure profit and drive your expenses down to zero that's like the the ideal world so anyways that's that's my yeah, mental yeah. and and just for some stats for anyone who's wondering like where is that break-even point for the protocol based on current emissions which were actually slightly ahead of schedule with um you know re reduction in anticipation of uh year one or like i said we're still on year zero but once year one starts in april uh we're slightly ahead of schedule for being ready um to to hit that um emissions mark and assuming a constant price for shade we we'll just use six dollars as the um as the amount right here the protocol only needs to do 2.1 million in volume in constant product pools um to break even that's not assuming any revenue from staking derivatives from interest from liquidations um from from anything else <clears throat> and so like there are Carter, you mentioned we're getting pretty close. We definitely are very close. Um, like, for example, this past week, Shade would have been like 0.92 or, yeah, like 92% of the way or so to being break-even uh, for this past week of staking emissions. So, like, we are really close, and there are definitely days where we're way more net uh, net positive Um that, and that's that, assuming that's assuming one hundred percent of emissions get sold, which we know is factually not true. Yep, yep. And so uh, it, it's just really cool, like knowing this is just like an internal milestone or just like a mile, a mental milestone. It's like we're approaching this. Like, does anything change really based on like hitting this milestone? Other than knowing we're you know we're hitting our activity we want, we're doing this and that, like. We're wanting to be proactive about like incentivizing markets properly, being able to stimulate volume, like you said, working with other protocols, uh, collaborating to build sustainable liquidity so that we effectively can provide this accessibility, the exposure, and we also obviously earn fees with this. Um, and so for me, like this is a number that stays in my head. It's like, all right, internally today we're with this much break even tomorrow or this much or like this past week we were this close to being break even and you know i i think honestly just thinking objectively here like we're hitting that or we're much closer to hitting that break even point than most protocols are in their um in their history uh which is really cool because like oftentimes you know our heads are our heads are down focused on a lot of other stuff like still very product focused um but being able to see that growth and that the trajectory we're on uh, for sustainability um, and seeing that flywheel really kick off it is really encouraging, at least uh, for myself as a contributor. There's, there's another interesting kind of mental model. Um, I, th I think one of our community members brought up, they, they said something to the effect of, I really like staking my shade because it gives me exposure to all of the trading fees. That's really interesting. You can you can hold a token, get exposure to the activity on the platform without having to incur the impermanence loss. And so, like liquidity providers, when they're selling their shade tokens, they're essentially selling their exposure to activity activity of the platform to the people that are long. Like right, they're essentially short activity on the platform, and you're selling to people that are long activity on the platform. And I, and I find that that is like a really fascinating concept. I haven't, had, you know, I got to go 
sit in a corner and think about that one for like an hour. But it, I, I think Shade's staking and the story there and its relationship to like the taker fee is really interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know we're coming up on our time here, just a few minutes shy of one hour. Um, some other uh, interesting stats people might um, might be interested in. Um, as far as top three pools by volume over the past three months, Silk USDC, which is probably, um, you know, you could probably expect that. Silk USDC's top pool uh, by volume followed closely behind by Silk Shade and then Secret Secret Stake Secret pools. So it's cool to see, you know, the full breadth of pool types in top three. Uh, Silk USDC is a stable swap. Silk Shade is just a regular constant product pool. Um, and then Secret Secret Stake Secret is a um, utilizes the derivative swap curve we've got. Um, so it's really cool to see all three of those just kind of like another internal nerd moment, seeing all three um, of those pool types and, and ways the curve is being utilized in top three pools by volume. And then top three pools by revenue. Uh, first one by a large margin uh, is the Silk Shade Pool, followed by Silk ST Atom, and then Silk Stake Secret. Um, so I, I personally expect to see, again, like I said, I, I track a lot of this stuff personally. But I, I'm personally expecting to see a, um, a change up in the top three of pools by revenue um, being much more focused on volatile pairings rather than uh, silk pairings. Just because, ju I mean, just looking at the Shade Pika, Shade, uh, and DR pools over the past few weeks, like they are churning out volume like crazy. Um, and so I'm expecting to see a, a shakeup in that top three pools by revenue over the course of the next, I think, hell, probably the next month or so. We'll see a shakeup there. Um, but it's really cool to see the Silk Shade uh, pool, which is arguably the most protocol aligned pair uh, for Shade to be, you know, the top earner uh, for Shade as well. I'm excited too as we continue to grow. And I think this was, this was like governance before this type of model change could be made. But I really like the mental model of slowly converting fees into like Silk pairs. So, like a good example of this would be like Shade, shade ANDR or uh, Shade Pika. The concept is like in a bull market, these pools make really good sense, right? Because there's positive upside exposure where as those tokens go up, Shade actually goes with them, right? In terms of how all the arbitrage works and how that naturally pushes things up. Yeah, it's, it's multiples of profitability. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing little mechanism that exists in there. But there's an implicit promise that goes the opposite direction that says in a bear market, um, anything you're paired with, you start to take some of that downward pressure as well. So the concept is like as a protocol, actually the onus is on us as a community to have kind of a long-term perspective on everything that Shade is paired against. And so if we can slowly build out um, kind of like, like a Silk ANDR pool or a um, Silk Pika pool, like as, you know, as fees start to go exponential, if a bull market comes, you know, the, the inclination will just be like, oh, like just keep jacking up staking APR and just kind of keep running with the flywheel. But that flywheel doesn't actually necessarily continue to build out that inventory, right? It's just giving it directly back to the stakers. So I think it'd be extremely wise as we enter into whatever cycle we're headed towards to convert a percentage of fees back into Silk X partner token pools and slowly build liquidity on those. So in the event of a bear market, you can start to unwind those shade pairings to those volatile tokens, and this trading experience would still exist, and it was technically purchased over the course of the bull market. So it's, that's kind of a, it's a thought that's been on my mind. It's, it's not something we can act on quite yet, but trying to figure out kind of the relationship between Silk pairings versus shade pairings, and what, what do they actually mean? What do they actually represent? Yep, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic to be able to kind of watch uh, unfold in real time, um, like the desire for volatile pairings versus uh, stablecoin pairings, um, and their relative success. Like historically, most assets have been paired to silk on Shade Swap. 
And, uh, you know, during a bear market, you have to incentivize those pairs a little bit less to, to achieve a similar TVL that you would in a bull market just because of the IL that liquidity providers are exposed to um, during different types of markets. Yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic to be able to observe kind of live. Um, Carter, I assume we had no one that uh, requested to come up. Correct. And I have to hop on another call right now. So yep. feel free to give your final words and close us out here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate everyone who listened. Hopefully the remaining 10 people or so that are in here can actually hear us right now. Otherwise you guys are just champs waiting for some alpha to be dropped that unfortunately you couldn't hear. Uh, yeah. It just, Really appreciative for all the contributors to Shade Protocol these past uh, few weeks as we've seen this um, kind of exponential growth in users and activity. Um, contributors have been um, absolutely essential in being able to handle that demand and support request, being able to handle um, you know, the activity on the app, being able to handle, being able to move quickly and collaborate quickly uh, with people who want to uh, build sustainable liquidity for us and um, just a big shout out to any contributors who are listening to this after this you guys uh, you guys are fucking geez um, and really appreciate the community that stuck with us um, you know seems like we're turning the tide on uh, with markets and um, you know the the support and the, the positive like constructive criticism we received throughout the entire bear market leading up to uh, where we're at now is we're seeing things kind of turn for the better. Um, that it's not lost on us. And just appreciate all the support we've gotten along the way, and really excited to continue bringing new stuff, new collaborations, um, new utility, and, and more revenue generation to to our supporters. So, just thank you guys for all you do. For those looking to trade in the Shade Kuji pair, keep your eyes peeled on Shade Swap later today, and uh, we'll be releasing some more information about uh, new pools launching. Um, early next week uh, we'll, we'll launch some announcements about that later this week so just keep your eyes peeled on Twitter for announcements and with that I hope you all have a wonderful day I'm going to be ending this face now motherfuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey what could be worse misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt we rape them under the earth sit and wonder about the worth and plate ring around the rosy while the thunder is served motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ends, dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days, got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, Doing the morning, forming mycological bonds Click the cap, though the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape them under the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is played for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits Bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape them under the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Thank you.
Sessions.